It's Talking Twins and more with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and more, a multiple birth podcast with myself, Nix, and joining me, my wonderful co-host from twinfo.com.au, Naomi Dolan, back for another week. How are you? We are indeed back for what I call every time I say this, but it's my favourite time of the week. Oh, I know. I and you know, know what? I, I said this last week and I'll say it again. Um, having had a, been away from it for a while, I missed it so dearly. So, yes, I am so excited. And I'm particularly excited to talk to this week's guest, Naomi, because this is something I really, really have struggled with um, the entire time since I fell pregnant to now. I still struggle with this. I've just recently gone through another battle with this, and I know you have too. So I'm really excited to talk to our guest. I am indeed, because also um, as both of you and I have gone through, you know, we're juggling our own business, we're juggling working for somebody else, we're juggling raising um, our multiples, um, and sometimes you think, oh, my gosh, have I taken on too much? Should I step back? But what's it going to look like if I drop something and everything? Yeah, let's bring on our guest. Very excited to have her with us this week. Vicky Clothier from Clothier Careers is joining us. Vicky, thank you so much for being here this week. This is a really big moment in our lives. And as Naomi said, we continue to go through these battles. Um, First of all, how often do you, you're now a mum. Have you always been in careers? And career advice? Not always. Not always, no. So a big part of what brought me into this work was this very um, this very issue here, trying to figure out and navigate a return to work following having children. And although I don't have multiples, um, my kids are quite close in age, so I was found myself doing it over and over again over a period of probably four to five years where I was having maternity leave and coming back. And, um, yeah, that's where I started moving into that career management space because I realised how much our well-being and our entire lives are affected by these decisions. I mean, you've got your financial aspect of working and that um, contribution to um, a career and things like that. And it just it just has such a huge impact on our lives. So that's how I ended up here, um, working with career transitions. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys a bit more about it. Absolutely. Now, I mean, can we just back right up? So as a, you know, as the director of your career company, like how did you actually get into it? What were you doing before and everything? Like what kind of, because I often Mm. think, oh, that person would be really good at doing that or that person (laughs) should get into that. Like how do I get into being a career advisor? You'd be good at it, (laughs) Naomi, too. (laughs) Well, I think lived experience has been one of the biggest things that helps people be a great career advisor or, um, you know, career specialist. I was working in higher education and finance. So I was working at a local university, um, you know, working full time, loved my job. I absolutely loved it. So um, having that transition into being a business owner was a bit tricky for me because I was letting go of a whole identity as well. But that's a whole other story for another day. Um, but I started writing resumes. I was helping uh, my brother-in-law actually write his resume and um, we nailed it, of course. And uh, he said to me, you should be charging people for this. And I just went, ding, oh, that's an idea. So I started educating myself and enrolling in some courses. And the next thing I knew, I was running a little business on the side. So um, that's how it all started. But since then, that was back in 2016, sorry. And since then, it's kind of, it's grown to um, what it is today. Wow. Look, let's go right to the beginning because I think for many women, 
and and I'm talking in a on mass here. Um, you know, we we finish school, we do whatever, we decide on our career pathway, be it small, be it large, be it through university, whatever. And for for a few years, for many years, it can be the sole focus and our sole drive. And we always hear this rhetoric around mums returning to work, mums taking time, juggling. But until you're in it you don't realise the toll that it takes. And that toll really starts, well, for me personally, it started the minute I fell pregnant. I, that, that's when I suddenly realised big decisions and big choices were going to have to be made. And it took me years, but ultimately I couldn't balance everything. That was me. I had to make some massive life-changing decisions that hurt me as a career. But I think I'm not the only person. Do you see this a lot? Oh, absolutely. And I think as well, a lot of people think they they go into the parenthood decision um, with one idea of what it might look like for them. I know for me personally, I was very career driven. And, you know, it wasn't until my baby started arriving that my values and my priorities all changed significantly. Mm. And that was something I wasn't expecting as well. So I think as well with, um, you know, that whole emotional piece alongside, you know, the financial and the contributions that we're making to our, you know, family finance and our workplaces and not to mention all the work we've done to get to where we are in our careers at that point. Um, it is all, you know, it all becomes very late and it becomes a bit of a complicated piece to unravel if you haven't given yourself the time and space to actually consider um, all the different aspects of the decision. So I think you're right. Everybody seems to come up against this, particularly when um, their kids have come on the scene. Um, but there's no one-size-fits-all solution, mm. unfortunately. It's something that we have to really think about on an individual basis, what's right for us and what, what feels right to us too, not just individually but as a family unit. Can be yeah, and it can be hugely taxing emotionally. Like I know for me personally, I was I've I've always been very almost addicted to my career. I was so career driven and so career focused. And I'm I'm lucky I've massaged that now to still be in some facet of my career, but it still pinches every so often when I might see somebody who doesn't have kids doing something successful or going and taking another job in, in something and thinking, oh, but then I go, but I've emotionally got the kids and I'm happy with it. So it's a huge emotional side that I think I know I was well and truly underprepared for. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's hard not to get into that, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the start of our careers is very driven by not, not so much comparison of others, but you're kind of looking outside your lane to see what other people are doing and what's the right kind of career progression, what makes sense. And it's very difficult to step out of the race. And then kind of step in in this completely new lane that you've never even looked at before. So um, I definitely resonate with what you're saying there, Nikki. It can, it really changes the trajectory of where you're going compared to prior to kids. And I think, um, you know, it takes a while to come to grips with that as well. And like you said, it's something that we're constantly revisiting. Um, you know, uh, the last thing I want anyone that I talk to is, is thinking of, of how uh, having children has slowed their career down. But I always try and remind people, you know, we want to work to support our lives, not so much have our lives support our work. And I think that's the big um, gear shift that happens when we become parents. Absolutely. I think also um, for me, one of the things that I found quite difficult was that um, I, I, gave birth un unexpectedly um mm. so it was early and everything like that I never actually finished at work yeah um mm. you know I was put into hospital I actually took my work laptop in there because I was only working four hours a day by that stage 
Um, and I took my laptop with me and I just kept working in the hospital. It gave me something to do for the four hours. But then um, when the babies were born a few weeks later, um, we actually had to go and return um, my laptop. I still have my work credit card, my office keys. You know, I had everything still. So I had to go and return all of that. But I also didn't get that closure, I guess, on finishing work and starting parenthood. It kind of just it happened. And I know that that happens to quite a few of our multiple birth um, families. There's often a lot of conversation in the parents of multiple groups about, oh, when did you go on maternity mm. leave and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. Mm. And particularly if you've got a job that, that you're standing up and it's a physically demanding job, mm. it is a little bit different maybe if you do have an office job where you're sitting down and it's not that taxing. But there's people out there that are nurses and school teachers and working in construction and everything. Mm. Um, so, you know, they may have to consider going on maternity leave a little bit earlier. Mm. Um, but it's hard because... Making that decision, particularly in today's day and age where a lot of people are just on contracts, you know, you may not even have a job to go back mm. to. Mm. Mm. I don't know. The whole thing for me, I found the whole thing quite stressful. I ended up having two years on maternity leave, um, I, one year initially, and then I applied to have the second year because my kids were still breastfeeding six times each night, you know, like... At, at the one-year mark, I was such a space cadet and zombie from the lack of yeah. sleep. I couldn't go back into my management role and be responsible for, for thousands of dollars' worth of um, of systems and staff and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And plus and, I didn't have any daycare. And, and that's a big thing to go through yourself too because so quickly you go from being this, high, you know, functioning business person to going through a pregnancy which particularly with multiples can be challenging but then as you said often Naomi we're forced with like that's it you just you're done um you're on bed rest and suddenly I'm like I know I I went straight to bed rest like yourself Naomi but I didn't take my laptop it was a bit hard to do radio from a hospital room um, <laughs> and and it was just nothing I was sitting there watching daytime tv something I'd never done for 15 years of my career or whatever it was so um it's a total change of pace and then when the babies came along I was so tired and drained and physically exhausted, but not mentally stimulated. I actually ended up studying um, and doing my master's while I had the boys when they were young. And I needed that mental stimulation because work had been so like so busy. I found it really hard to just mentally switch off. I couldn't just sit there and um, watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse on repeat and be okay. Like because it felt like a boy to me. And one of the biggest things I struggle with, I'm gonna get Vicky that you probably see this a lot, is that for me, my job has been a sense of my own identity, right or wrong. It just has been part of who I am. And I really struggled to find out who I was when I didn't when I was faced. I went back to work full time when the boys were nine months. I worked for nearly two years full time before um, Hunter's sensory issues forced me to make a career change because it wasn't working or a job change. And that's where I really lost myself. Um, and I, I didn't know. And I still to a point sometimes struggle with that and, um, because my job had been part of my identity and I struggled then to find out who I was without that capacity of, as I said, I've been lucky I have held on to it, but I've worked hard to do that. And you would see a lot of that, I guess, too people coming back oh, or absolutely. wanting to come back or wanting to change but still needing to be not just so-and-so, the mum or the twin mum, but the person because your job yeah. helps identify you. 
Absolutely. And it does fall. I mean, what? how many people do you meet and you're making small talk and the first thing they say is, what do you do? And they're referring to work. And I think um, it is that is something that I really struggled with as well, Nikki. So I definitely understand exactly what you're talking about. And a lot of people do experience that when they are either forced or not to go on a career break. Um, and you know, that stimulation as well. There's also that piece, I don't know about you, Nikki, but for me personally on maternity leave, I really beat myself up for wanting to do something else and not wanting to be home with my children. Yeah, I felt guilty. Yep. Yeah, that mum guilt really rocked me. And, um, you know, that's a big piece of the conversation as well. And I think um, going back to what Naomi was saying with um, her capacity to go back to work as well, um, you know, we're not just measuring what our competencies are, what we're capable of doing, but also what is our capacity to do all these things. And, you know, going back to work and studying is something that um, we do explore with our clients who are in, in the thick of this because sometimes, um, you know, a sidestep or a pivot in their career going forward is the right option and maybe that development need can be, you know, fulfilled through study. But, um, you know, back to what you were saying with, um, you know, going back to work and then making the decision afterwards as well, a lot of people do find that that plan doesn't go to plan, I guess, and they find themselves having to reassess it. And, Sometimes that is the only way to determine whether something's going to work or not. And I think the expectation and the, um, you know, the, uh, well, the expectations that we hold ourselves to in returning to work can be the crippling part of this whole transaction. So I guess, um, you know, always the message is don't be so hard on yourself, guys. <laughs> but that's so hard when you are a mom or a parent responsible for these little human beings um, as well as wanting to be, well, wanting to hold that identity as well and figure out who it is that you actually are. It can be so hard. It is really hard. And um, just talking about going back to the what capacity can you work in. Now, for us, we couldn't get two spaces at childcare mm -hmm. on the same day, you know, and things like that. Um, and the cost. The end, and the cost, oh, my gosh, I actually had to put mine into daycare uh, like three or four months before I was actually ready to go back to work at the second one just to hold those spots. I mean, I had, they said I had to pay for them whether I sent them or not. So I sent them just for a couple of hours, which in one respect was probably a good thing because you get through a bit of that sickness. So I did have that bit of time. Mm -hmm. And I know, Nikki, you got had an au pair because you couldn't use daycares because you were on breakfast radio and things like that. Um, but it's just that whole juggle mm. about trying to come to terms with if returning to work is the right thing to do by the time you add mm. up the cost of all the daycare and everything, um, or if, you, if that's if you can get it. Um, mm. And so that's, you know, a reason why so many of our parents of multiples end up taking extended maternity leave yeah. or paternity leave because we also have um due to the cost we have a lot of dads being stay at stay at home parents now maybe mum earns more so dad suddenly starts to stay at home or things like that like there's just so many decisions to make mm. That's right. And they're also intertwined. Like there's one thing to assess whether your financial situation, like you've got your your childcare fee plus like, you know, bringing into account any subsidy you might be eligible for. And then you've got other costs like registration, like 
professional registration if that's a thing or fuel if you've got to drive a long way and then you've also got to weigh up you know um you know my superannuation how how much of a hit is that going to take if I'm not in the workplace or you know my career progression or loss of wages as they sometimes refer to it there's so many costs involved that we've got to weigh up and then we need to find the ideal situation where though that like you know you may not be able to find daycare you may need um in home care like um you're saying Nikki took up and things like that there's just it's very layered and it can become very overwhelming um i've had many clients say i, I just can't I can't figure this out. I just need you to be a soundboard so we can work, put all the pieces of the puzzle together and try and move them around. And then you've got the other um, issue of um, securing that childcare. I don't know, um, here in North Queensland, I was very lucky with the daycare situation. I think I had an 11-week wait for one of my kids, um, but otherwise the rest of them all seemed to get in pretty much straight away. But I know it is a problem across the country where um, we're having people having to wait or, like you said, Naomi, put kids in a lot earlier, which, of course, you you know, that financial piece, again, you're not actually earning but you've got to pay for it. Like these are things that people are having to weigh up, which is what yeah. makes this such a difficult thing to figure out. One of my biggest decisions that I agonised over was whether to choose a daycare near my work or near my home. Yes. You know, because I was like, oh, what's going to work better, you know, and oh, the amount of thought that went into that, for me, that was just as much thought as trying to choose what school they were going to and now I'm going through what high school are they going to go to. <laughs> Choosing that daycare location was just so stressful. I remember yeah. that. I yeah. just came back to me. Just, yeah. Um, so, Vicky, talk us through if someone does have an extended career break. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they've had two, three years off work as such. Um, I sometimes, honestly, parenting is a lot more, I'd rather go and sit in a cushy office sometimes. So, I was going to say, and that's a point of and that's a bone of contention um, in households too. If anything like mine, mm -hmm. I used to he used to get home and I just have these red eyes, still does sometimes. I'm like, well, you haven't had to deal with the screaming matches. You can go to the office. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. But that in itself um, causes tension. Sorry, Damien. For sure. 100%. <laughs> but how what like how do we I guess get back into the workforce? Because you probably don't have a job to return to after two or three years. Um and, you know, how do you, it, A, find a job and, B, fill that hole in your resume, so to speak? Yeah. So I'll talk about um, finding the job first. Um, I think that one thing that we do tend to forget, I mean, when we become parents, it becomes we're like the bottom of the priority list, right, for a lot of things. And this is no different. I think people forget to ask themselves, what do I actually want to be doing when I go to work? And um, figuring out what kind of work we're actually targeting. So, um, you know, taking into account um, all of those other pieces we've spoken about, like the financial piece, the childcare, the capacity. So how many hours do you want to be working? At least having an idea of what that target looks like is a really critical piece of the planning because that will um, inform the way that you create your um, application documents like your resume. So um, I, I encourage everybody who is in this period of their life to consider 
um, you know, what it is, what kind of work you want to be doing. Do you want to go back to what you were doing or, you know, something that you already have um, experience or competencies or qualifications in or are you changing or pivoting your career to adjust to all the other factors that you um, have to consider? So that's the first piece of that, I think. But secondly, with um, the career gap essentially on the resume, I think we're moving into a far more accepting period of time when it comes to recruitment and stuff like that. And what we are encouraging our clients to do who are, have had a significant career break, whether it's for health reasons, parenting, um, you know, study even, is to still fill that gap with what you have been doing. Um, you, I'm not sure how many um, of your listeners are using LinkedIn, uh, but LinkedIn is a, a networking platform for career and professional professional life. And they've actually got a feature now where you can add a career break as part of your career timeline on there. And I think that speaks volumes of where we are moving in terms of our um, acceptance and understanding of what a career break actually looks like. So I think um, let's not be afraid to be loud and proud about the fact that we've just taken time out of our career to take care of our children or to take care of our family needs um, because I think it's definitely looked upon as more of a strength than ever and I think the things that I know for me personally I have become far more organized far sharper in my thinking in terms of my decision making process is a lot more I guess um, progressive in that I can make a decision quickly <laughs> um, compared to before I had children, I used to agonise over things that didn't necessarily matter. And I think um, the perspective of employers is changing to recognise the untapped talent that is left on the table when parents decide that, you know, returning to work is not for them or if they're overlooked for work because of that fact. So um, I think as as much as it has in the past been a bit stigmatised in terms of, you know, you've got a career break and that doesn't look good, um, more than ever I think places are more accepting of that. They're also more accepting of the fact that you may need a more flexible arrangement. Uh, right now it's an employee market. So if you are at that point in your career now where you're returning to work, now is the time to get out there and have a look around because the, um, the ball's in your court basically. Is a lot of it also finding confidence? Like I, I found a friend of mine down the road is just just going through the same thing at the moment. Her youngest is 11 months. She wants to do something. She's got four under seven, so she's been out of the workforce for near eight years. But I noticed the one thing is potentially confidence isn't there. Like, oh, what can I do? And it's like, well, yeah, you're right. Listing off those skills, you can multitask. You can look after things. You can do X, Y, Z. Is, is, is part of it also finding that confidence to get out there and say there is somebody who wants you? Yeah, absolutely. Confidence plays a huge part. Um, so a lot of it, I mean, this is where you're calling on your support network will really help, um, you know, taking stock of what you have been doing for the last eight years, like you just listed off. There's a myriad of things that your friend would be so capable of doing now in comparison to prior to having her children. Mm. Um, and plus all of that experience that she has prior. I mean, um, some of it will be like riding a bike and, you know, stretching that muscle, it, like the brain is a muscle, stretching that muscle again to be thinking in that way again um, will go a long way. Um, you know, sometimes um, 
you know, edging your way back into the workforce can be an option if you can find something that's maybe one day a week or a couple of hours a day. Um, like I said, it's an employee market at the moment, so we have a little bit more power to negotiate those kinds of situations. Um, but overall, there's always an adjustment period and it's something that you can seek, you know, support in in terms of you could get a career advisor or you could buddy up with somebody who you work with or have worked with previously or even a friend or family member who's willing to kind of support you on that. Um, the Quinfo community is an example. You've got like-minded people in there who you might be able to buddy up with and just bounce, be a fanboy for each other. But that confidence piece is definitely um, encouraging people to call on their support network and talk it out because you'll realise that once you get, um, you know, through those kind of um, comparisons and expectations that our brain likes to, likes to fill us with, um, once we, you know, get rid of all that white noise and realise what we do have to put to offer, um, that process in itself can often help with the confidence as well. But like I said, it's like riding a bike. Sometimes you just can't get back on the bike as difficult as it can be. And, like, how can you, like, help? Like, because, you know, can you help with resumes? Um, you know, I, I mean, I haven't had a resume. I'm very lucky. I got my last job. I was there for 12 years. I left there eight years ago. So I haven't applied for a job for 20 years so my resume is well out of date um <laughs> is that something that that you can help with like you said that you helped your brother-in-law is yeah. that yes so resume writing is our core business so we help people get market themselves on paper um that's most of what we do and um a big part of that again back to that confidence piece if you see your um your career on paper with your skills your achievements all of those things that can be a confident boost in itself so um yes we do help with the resume writing um addressing application requirements and making sure that you as a candidate are pushing forward what they're looking for in terms of what you have to offer so they can actually they don't skip over you because you've forgotten to tell them something important or you haven't marketed yourself well because let's face it it's so awkward to talk about ourselves we can be so humble we're conditioned to be that yeah. way um, so that process in itself can often help people get their foot in the door where they need to be. And absolutely. And getting a third party to write it for you, it's not as um, well, cringeworthy is the word I'm yeah. thinking of, you know, when I have to sit down to sort of write about myself. It's the, you're like, oh, my gosh, should I, am I, I can't say that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Sounds so self-gloating. Yes. Um, so to have someone, an expert to write it for you, I definitely think would give you a quite a big confidence burst. It would for me. I know that much. Yeah, absolutely. And often I can see or all my consultants can see um, the gold in between everything that you've done. If you've done a certain uh, role for a long time, you often don't realise how valuable it is or what you're an expert in. You don't realise how valuable it is to another party. So that's where we can step in and help with that too. Vicky, it's been fascinating talking to you and I think the biggest take-home is we probably are too harsh on ourselves when it comes to our jobs. And yeah, it's, but I overall, it is, as soon as you yeah, said that, Yeah, like, it just oh. resonated. It resonated. <laughs> and I think, you know, really sitting down and working out, flushing out everybody else's stories and working out what's best for your family and your family unit sounds like the best way for everybody to approach. If, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to go about it? 
Um, you can pop on our website, which is www.clothiercareers.com, and there's links to contact us, our phone number, um, email addresses, all of that. We're also on social media, so Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So come and check us out. If you just search for us in the search bar, we'll pop up. Um, but, yeah, that's where you can find us. Vicky, thank you so much for sharing your insight and your um, knowledge on that because it's an area that I know so many of us, um, you know, mums, dads, everyone struggle with. Um, and putting yourself out there is something that is really difficult to do. So um, I think that having um, that advice on board to not be so hard on yourself is um, absolute, yeah, pure gold. No, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to chat to you guys. Thank you. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au.